You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do this. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you this afternoon? Good afternoon. Uh, Pretty good. Yeah, doing good. How about yourself? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, I'm ready to get into some stuff about Seattle. But let's talk a little COVID stuff first, right? Starting to pop back up in the Mm -hmm. news. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we've gone from COVID to riots, and now we're going back to COVID because the riots Mm -hmm. are starting to die down. You're starting to see people in there with like demands and you're starting to see armed insurrection. That's what's going on in Seattle, by the way, regardless of what the TV says. We're starting to see groups come out and establish themselves and put up demands. So the narrative of the riots and and everything in the quote protest, it's falling apart. So now they have to shift back. Oh, now Trump wants to go back on the campaign trail. He wants to start having rallies. So we're looking at spikes in all these states. They're saying even Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know, down the road from you, mm-hmm. that's that's got a spike in cases before a big rally out there, a Trump rally out there. Florida, there's a problem. Let me see. Cudlow, Larry Cudlow saying that there's not going to be a second wave. Trump's already said, you know, we're not going to lock down again. The CDC is saying that the U.S. might have to reimplement strict measures. Go to hell. You people have been wrong about everything. You haven't been correct about anything. You flip. You got more flip flops in your closet than than Harvey Weinstein in Beverly Hills. Okay, (laughs) so let's just let's put aside the bull at this point. I haven't heard a single Democrat Party representative. I don't care who it is. Haven't heard a single one of them coming out talking about how the protesters need to be worried about social distance. Oh, but if you're down there on the state capitol and you're protesting the lockdowns because you want to open your business, you want to go back to work, you want to go to church. Oh, boy, you're a criminal. You're a domestic terrorist. You're 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 causing an insurrection. But of course, you know, now all this other stuff's coming out. Well, you know, we, we've got to worry about the we got to worry about a second wave on this stuff. Another hundred thousand will die before September. That's the prediction now. A risk of new lockdowns. Drones are now going to monitor social distancing and mask wearing. You know something? You know what? Words can't describe. Words cannot describe the contempt I have for these people and how disgusting they are. You sick control freaks. All of you. You people are a sick joke. You're a joke. You're losing control. What do you think is going to happen with these uh, these so-called protesters out there? You think they're going to give a damn about your social distancing? You think they're going to give a damn about your mask wearing? See, it's not about them, is it? It's about the law-abiding citizen that you want to oppress. That's the real oppression here. You talk about injustice. There's your injustice. Locking people down in their houses, taking away their right to worship, taking away their right to dignity to run their businesses. You talk about oppression. You want to sit there and lecture people about systemic injustice? You people are disgusting. You're pathetic. I'll say it over and over again until I'm blue in the face because that's what you people are. But you parade around in the media like you're some kind of overarching, you know, know-it-all. You people are sick. You're a, you're a joke. But anyway, uh, I digress. Strip clubs are offering free coronavirus lap dances. You know, that's a. I, I suppose if you're one of those frequent... Uh, Frequent flyers to those establishments, you know, that's a good thing if you can get into one. Wyoming ranches are now offering isolation reservations for $175,000 a week. And colleges now face uncertainties of reopening. Well, that's, that's okay. That's okay because they got protests to be at. They don't have time for college. They're done with all that stuff. So anyway, 
let's talk COVID. So what's your take on all this? I'm pretty sure Fauci has come out and said we have to uh, take it easy. And because of the non-social distancing and all that stuff, it's going to boom and blah, blah, blah. So he has been saying something about it. He hasn't gone full bore and said, yeah, we shouldn't have been doing these protests because obviously uh, cancel culture the way it is. But honestly, we've seen pandemics before. The American public, I don't think, will lock down again. You might have some, but the majority of them aren't going to lock down again. You'll see more lockdown protests if they try to enact those kind of things, which you know some of the governors will try to push for it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think, I, honestly, people are just ready to get back to work and go back to their lives, try to earn a living, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I, I don't think, I don't think it's going to, there's going to be another lockdown or at least one that will stick. Yeah, people want to get back to their lives. They want to get back to work. They want to get back to their business if they've got one left after all this. Bless their hearts. So, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just it's a mess. I, I heard that Fauci's now coming back out and he's rearing his ugly head again. You know, sh- shut up. Mm-hmm. Just just shut mm-hmm. up, please. Mm-hmm. Right. Just go away. You've been in there for four decades. Take a retirement, Tony. Right. Go to the Bahamas. Chill. Just go away. Right. Do, do us all a favor. Thanks. Anyway. OK, so. I guess that's uh, that's really all we got to say on coronavirus because I'm so tired of it. Well, I, I do ahead. have a little bit more to say on it. Uh, uh-huh. Arizona supposedly mm-hmm. has a big spike there, and okay, they I, oh, I see a, a report I, saying that yeah, their their health systems in a bit of a, a bit of a quandary down there. What, what's the deal with it? I, well, the the figures I was seeing is that 83 percent of their hospitals are full, and or you know, so it's filling up basically with patients and whatnot. The thing that I'm concerned with in that case is there's a lot of retirees in Arizona, is there not? That That's mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. big retirement. And I guess what I'm saying is, is it's no surprise that we're that they're having a, a higher hospitalization rate because that's what we've been saying the entire time. It's the elderly, it's the immunocompromised. Those are the ones that we have to be concerned about. And so I, I guess it's no surprise that Arizona has, is having these higher hospitalization rates. Well, I was actually kind of wondering about that myself because I saw the, I think it was like the 80% number or whatever. And you have to also ask, Mm -hmm. what is the percentage of people that are in hospitals anyway? Because they've reopened the hospitals in some cases where they're doing elective procedures now. Well, someone could be in there for a few days if they're doing an elective procedure. They could have an admission and stay for observation, right? Right. And the thing is, though, is with hospitals, we typically, based on, (laughs) really, based on the uh, regulations and stuff that, that have been in place by government. The hospitals don't necessarily have huge capacity. Like it's usually fairly full year round, right? They're they're usually at 70% capacity year round. So seeing an 83% capacity, if they had elective surgeries going on at the time, as you said, you could have people in recovery or something. I don't know what percentage of those are COVID patients that, that the article didn't say, obviously. So if they don't say, it's likely that there's a small percentage that are actually COVID patients and they're just using that to push their narrative. So uh, are we ready? You want to jump up to Seattle? Sure. We talked yesterday about the Insurrection Act and we're wondering why we're not seeing it. Now, it's possible that this act could be put on hold. Although the more I think about it, We've used it for less, haven't we, in the past? 19, what was it, 92, 93, when we had the King riots? Yeah. Uh, that was the most recent time it was used. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is why are we not seeing it? There's a trap in all this. There, there's a trap in the midst of all this. The trap is, is that you've got mayors and governors that are complicit. They're on board with these, quote, protesters. They're on board with them. And so 
what people need to understand is that they are going to collaborate with them. They're going to allow it to continue and allow it to go on because I, I mean, do I have to say it? They're, they're traitors. They're aligned with someone else. They're aligned with another faction. They've turned their back on the United States. It's that simple. And the media is included in that as well. They've turned their back on our way of life. They've turned their back on the document that they swore an oath to and swore to uphold. They've turned their back on all that. That's where they're at. And so to think you're going to get some kind of cooperation out of these mayors and these governors is insane. It's not going to happen. Case in point, Washington State Governor Jay Inslee, he was asked about it. By the way, it's been going on for, you know, at this point, it had been going on for two days. He was asked about the group of, quote, protesters, Antifa, that took over the eight city blocks in downtown Seattle. And so the, the police department, that police precinct, the East Precinct down there, they fought for 48 hours to get cleaned out of there with these people. So when it was brought to his attention in a press conference, he was asked about it. So we actually have a clip of Washington State Governor Jay Inslee saying just that. So let's take a listen to this. Governor, I'd like to ask you about what's going on in Seattle. There's this uh, thing called the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. What's your thought on that? The fact that the protesters have taken that over and not allowing people to come and go freely? Well, that's news to me, so I'll have to reserve any comment about it. I, I have not I have not heard anything about that. Any credible source. <laughs> not that you're not credible. It's just like before I espouse an opinion, I should know of which I speak. <laughs> Do you mention right. a follow-up? Yeah, as far as the National Guard, uh, how long are you going to keep them there? And would, if there is a, a takeover of a street in Seattle where they're barricading keeping people out, the protesters are, would you want to be involved? Uh, you know, that's a hypothetical. Look, at, we've got to have safety. I'm sure that people will find a way to have public safety everywhere in the state. I'm confident of that. Uh, the, the National Guard is demobilizing. Over two-thirds of them were demobilized of yesterday. I don't know if they're completely demobilized at this point or not, but if not, that'll be shortly, I believe. He said he didn't know anything about it. News to him. When you've got Trump coming out saying you're losing control of one of your city, get control of your city or I will. That was brought to his attention in a press conference. Governor Jay Inslee in a press conference, he says, oh, I don't know anything about it. Well, what do you know? You're not paying attention to one of your biggest cities. What's wrong with you? You inept fool. His response to it is even more shocking. Not to anyone that can actually see what's going on, though. Governor Jay Inslee said that Mr. Trump should stay out of the state's business. That's his response. That's his response. He's allowing it to continue, and he says, stay out of the state's business. Of course, not to be outdone, the Seattle mayor has come out, and she says that any invasion of the city, you hear this now? Invasion. The invasion's already happened. The invasion's the eight city blocks downtown. That's the invasion. She is the collaborator that allows the invasion, and so is Inslee. She says any invasion of the city would be illegal. The police abandoned that precinct on Monday. Like I said, after days of clashes, two days, two days, they sat there and they tried to defend it. The city took away the ability for the police departments to be able to defend themselves when they're under siege by anything. So they can't use anything to defend themselves. So what they have to do, they fought as hard as they could for two days to hold that police precinct until they finally had to pull out of there because they were overrun by these thugs. So it goes on to say, and I love how they spin this, right? The police withdrew, but demonstrations in the area have been largely peaceful. Uh-uh. Don't, don't sit there and say that. 
Don't sit there and say that. What's happening on the streets out there is absolute anarchy. They've gotten rid of the police there, but yet they said they have armed guards. Did you hear what I just said? They have armed guards in black masks walking around policing the area. I thought you hated the police. I thought you hated the the uh, the the injustice of the police. But yet you're policing. This just proves my point that that these people have no idea. I said it two days ago. Please go back and listen to it if you haven't. The neo-Maoist revolution. And I talk about building society, the steps that need to be taken that have been successful in the past that have gotten us to where we are, the steps that have to be taken in order to build and facilitate society. These people don't know any of that. They just think, oh, well, we're going to go out and take this because this is what's been owed to us because it was stolen from us. No, you idiots. What's been stolen from you is the future. Your economy has been sold out. The underpinning of civilization has been sold out. That's the real injustice. We've talked about it even before with lost opportunities. That's the real injustice, not racism. We were supposed to be past that in the 1960s with the Civil Rights Act, which was passed by the Republicans, by the way. Just throwing that out there. So, what do they want? The question here is, now that they've taken this area, what do they want? What's all this about? And don't say George Floyd. This this whole thing stopped being about George Floyd 48 hours after it started. So what do they want? Well, last night, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. First, I guess first and foremost, they want food, right? That, that's what they want first. I mean, I sent you the tweet last night, Bruce, from, from one of the uh, the organizers down there, right? They're, they're after food. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. They've walled off. They've walled off the eight block radius. I think it's eight blocks. Maybe they're expanding by now. I don't know. But they've walled off everything. They've threatened the business owners. They've run out the business owners, the ones that have been down there, or they're, they're being uh, extorted for money. That's what's happening now. And they've so-called seceded from the United States. That's what's happening down there. So they ran into a little bit of a problem. One of the organizers put out a tweet yesterday, and I put it up on uh, I put it out on Parlor this morning. Anyone that hasn't followed, please go follow me on Parlor at Jay Anderson three. Please follow Marty as well. Marty's over there at Marty Foster. Both of us put it out on uh, on our Parlor feeds. You can check it out. It says the homeless people. This is from one of the organizers down there. This is an alert that they put out. They said the homeless people we invited, which homeless is misspelled by the way. The homeless people we invited took away all the food at the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, right, which is the area they've taken over. We need more food to keep the area operational. Please, if possible, bring vegan meat substitutes, fruits, oats, soy products, etc. Anything to help us eat. So let me get this straight. You took over an area thinking that by doing all this, this was somehow going to what? Magically produce food on shelves down there from stores that you've already destroyed from the looting and everything. Are, are you people insane? Let's get into what they want. You, you got any thoughts on the... <laughs> Got any thoughts on the tweet before I before we get into their list of demands here? It's quite extensive, so it's going to take a while. Actually, um, uh, a comment about the food. Did you see some of the pictures of their um, farm that they that they planted yeah. on the, uh, yeah. In Alex, the park? Yeah, Alex sent me a picture last night of um, uh, they they're, they've they've now taken up farming or something in a park. Yeah, it was quite ingenious. It, but it, crops it, don't grow it, overnight. I hate to tell you idiots that they they don't grow overnight. Right, right. But if you if you look at what they did, all they did is took topsoil poured it down over the grass and then oh put plants on the topsoil. Not oh man. Not in the soil, but just sat it there on top. And then they plan to water the entire area with a watering can. Oh boy. Th- these people okay, I didn't look at the picture that closely. I just I didn't enlarge it or anything. I just looked and I thought, okay, well, good luck to you. But that's even worse. That that's even worse. Do, do you even know anything about apparently you know nothing about planting. You know nothing about agriculture. Nothing. Uh, 
apparently. So, I mean, when I was growing up as a kid, I was taught by grandparents, great grandparents, parents who were were, who were doing farming, how to grow food. I know how to grow my own food. Mm -hmm. You know how to grow your own food. You come from a from a Mm -hmm. rural part of the country. We know how to grow Mm -hmm. food. These people don't. They don't know when to plant. They don't know how to plant. They don't know when you need to uh, water. They don't know how to start the process of growth. Nothing. Good luck to you with your little uh, your little urban gardens. I guess you should have called in some people or consulted with some people via Zoom in uh, in Detroit for their urban gardening. All right, how about that? Because apparently that's pretty popular up there. So <laughs> it is. I'm sorry, but I mean this. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. They they may not be and, growing food though, but you know. So one thing that I might suggest to these people, since we were just talking about urban farming, I made a, a remark there about urban farming. One thing they might want to check out, maybe, I mean, you know, just one of those evil people that tries to teach people how to grow food out there for free. Just by the way, I just thought I'd mention it. And anybody that's interested in this, this guy actually created this. He developed this and it's free for anybody to take. If you have a 3D printer, you can also 3D print all the stuff that goes with this. Uh, It's a completely free system. Please Google or look up whatever your search engine is. Please Google Food Rising by Mike Adams. Okay, he is a he's a person who he's actually calls himself the health ranger. He puts out plans for people to grow their own food when they have limited spaces. So if you want to start a a complete garden or mini farm is what they call is what he calls it, then he makes all those plans available. It's all open source. Uh, If you have a 3D printer, you can 3D print the whole system or you can buy the supplies. He has it all listed there on how to build it, assemble it and everything, a whole hydroponic system and everything. And I think it's fantastic. So, I mean, we're all about trying to get people to be independent here as it is anyway. And we're all Mm -hmm. about food, gardening, healthy nutrition options, that kind of stuff. So for those that are looking for something, possibly if you don't have the room, you do live in a city area and you want to grow your own food because now's the time. Now's the time to learn how to do that stuff. Because with these sick people that are out there trying to take over society, we're coming out of this pandemic nonsense. We've got supply chain disruptions. It's going to be more and more difficult and it's going to be more and more expensive to acquire fresh produce. So if you can grow your own food to offset that, to supplement that, then I would highly recommend that you look into those options. So this is a, a fairly fairly cheap way to get into it. So again, food rising, mini farms, right? Check that out. Let's get into these demands. Okay. I, I don't know. Where, where, do, where do we even want to go with this? This is crazy. This is a very lengthy list of demands. 30 of them, um, might I add. This is crazy. And they say this for ease of consideration. Okay. We've broken these demands into four categories. The justice system, the health, yeah, because you people care about justice so much, the health and human services, right, which is welfare, economics, because you know so much about economics, and education, clearly you people have none. It's good that you're actually paying attention to all this stuff because we clearly see right here that you only qualify for one of these things, health and human services. It would be inhumane to let you people starve to death, I think, in this in this particular situation. But nonetheless- is um, it? <laughs> well, they're starving themselves by creating this ridiculous farm system that they're doing, right? The demands of the collective, okay? The free Capitol Hill to the government of Seattle, Washington. These were put forth just the other day, right? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go down each one of these things. And if we don't have a comment on them, then we'll just go right to the next point. Okay, number one, the Seattle Police Department and attached court system are beyond reform. Okay, says who? Says who? You can always reform that system. What's wrong with it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do not request reform. We demand abolition. What? Because you have something better that's going to replace it? Okay, what is it? What? What is that? H- have you even what, said what that is? What, well, I, I think they kind of go into it a little bit later. But let, let's point out that when they created their autonomous zone, right, the uh-huh. CHAZ, as it's abbreviated, when they created that zone, immediately they had Border Patrol and uh, they have uh, police, their equivalent of police roaming the streets. 
immediately. So I, I thought uh, they didn't I'm like sorry. borders. I, I thought they were against borders. Yeah, exactly. Huh. They're against borders huh. and against police, and okay. they immediately do it. Interesting. Anyway. Okay. All right. We demand that demand, right? We demand that the Seattle City Council and the mayor defund and abolish the Seattle Police Department and attach criminal justice apparatus. This means 100% of funding, including existing pensions for Seattle police. Oh, yeah, they're going to love that. At an equal level of priority, we also demand that the city disallow the operations of ICE in the city of Seattle. Okay, I think we're starting to see. What, what's AOC been saying for the last few years since she's been in Congress? Uh, abolish ICE, mm-hmm. I think. Is that, mm-hmm. that what she's been mm-hmm. saying? Okay, all right. Yeah, I thought so. All right. She has no part in all this, by the way. Just, you know, not not public. Well, I mean, it, it just point out that uh, the DSA helped fund Antifa and she's a member of DSA. But you know, uh, yes, she has yeah, no involvement. D- yeah, right. Yeah, she has no involvement. She hasn't said that she has. So, I mean, I, I would just I would automatically assume that she's not involved in any of this or any of the any of the messages or demands, wouldn't you? I mean, that's that's just what I'm taking away from it. I'm being completely facetious. OK. Yeah. Number two. In the transitionary period between now and the dismantlement of the Seattle Police Department, which no one's even agreed to do that, however, with the responses from the useless governor and the useless mayor, I would not put it past them at this point. I really wouldn't. And you've got the liberal city council out there who who are just tools. They're, they're complete bumbling fools that live in a disconnected world. So I wouldn't put it past them. I would not put it past them. Anyway, moving on. We demand that the use of armed force be banned entirely. No guns. Listen to this. No guns, no batons, no riot shields, no chemical weapons, which is what they're referring to as tear gas, by the way, especially against those exercising their First Amendment rights as Americans to protest. You hear this? You hear this? Mm-hmm. We demand. I, let's just start here. We demand that the use of armed force be banned entirely. You took over eight city blocks with guns, and then you say no guns. The very next line is no guns, no batons, no riot shields, no chemical weapons, no, no tear gas. Right. So because those things would actually run you, you degenerates out of there, especially against those exercising their First Amendment rights as Americans to protest. You know. We talked about this yesterday. When you have people that want to protest armed going to a state house or mayor's office and they're coordinating with the police, knowing that it's going to be peaceful, they're just out there to send a message because they just want to reopen their businesses. They just want to go back to work. They're not taking anything over. They're not threatening people. They're not walling things off, creating their own little whatever autonomous zone. They're not muscling businesses out of there. They're not threatening police. I'm sorry, that's not a protest. That's an insurrection. Hence the Insurrection Act. There's a difference. Yeah, they were they were calling the protests, the actual protests that were, uh, as you were just talking about, protesting the lockdowns. They were calling those ugly, violent, and dangerous. Uh-huh. Okay. And during those protests, there was no arrests made. There was no assaults or any of that kind of stuff, except for one. Actually, there was one left-leaning person that was going around punching and kicking people, and the police had to arrest them. But of the actual protesters, there was no violations of the law. None. And now, fast forward a little bit, a few weeks, we're having riots, places being burned down, you know, bricks being thrown, water balls being thrown, all kinds of stuff being thrown. Yeah, but that's okay. That These are mostly peaceful. And we have, might I add, close to $2.5 billion of damages just to property alone 
that's not including the stuff looted, but mm-hmm. it's mostly mostly peaceful. Uh-huh. Clearly, Bruce, you're not seeing the bigger picture here. Peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. People exercising mm-hmm. their right to unity, according mm-hmm. to Nancy Pelosi. We demand an end to the school-to-prison pipeline and the abolition of youth jails. All right. You're in an institution because you can't behave. Yeah. Let's just start there. You're, you're in an institution because you can't behave like a human being. You're in there because you can't control yourself. So society has to control you. That's the point. School to prison pipeline. If you have a decent education and you get the other education that I spoke on a few days ago, you get that other aspect of education, the two and the three times education of foundational family units, which they want to abolish, by the way, and also the religious side of it, plus the academic side of it, then you don't have that school to prison pipeline. But see, that underpinning, as I said a few days ago, has been removed. Mm -hmm. And so you have the school to prison pipeline. The education system has been compromised. It's been taken over. You got your kids in public schools. What are you, crazy? You crazy? These are indoctrination centers. You see what the school system, the education system has brought to society. It has brought the very people that are making these demands to power. Their lack of education, their lack of knowledge, their lack of understanding, because they don't have education, real education, common sense education, has brought them to this point to think that they are the ones that are in the right. And they're not, no matter what the media tells you. Get the kids out of prison. Well, if you want the kids to get out of prison, then they need to reform. How about we create a reform program, an actual reform program that gives someone a sense of purpose. You don't talk about that, do you? Someone that actually gets truly rehabilitated, socially rehabilitated. When they go into an institution, do they learn about life skills? Do they learn about what it's like to get a job? Do they learn about what it's like to get an education? Do they learn about what it's like to balance a checkbook, which I mean, you know, you can argue whether that's online banking or whatever. Do they learn about how to shop for groceries? Do they learn about how to pay bills? Do they learn about how to allocate a budget for themselves? Any, anything like that. Anything you would do in normal life, everyday life. Do they learn how to do any of this stuff? They don't. They get their GED and they lift weights. That's what they do. That's not rehabilitation. Get the cops out of schools. What for? What? So people can carry guns in there? So they can carry knives? Is that what it is? We also demand that the new youth prison being built in Seattle currently be repurposed. Okay, to what? We're going to repurpose it to. They're building that facility for a reason. Though I agree with you that you need to end the school to prison pipeline. I just told you how to do it. But see, you people don't know how to do that either, do you? What do you people know how to do other than wreck society? Do you know anything? You know anything at all that's constructive? Because I don't think you do. We demand that not the city government, nor the state government, but the federal government launch a full-scale investigation into past and current cases of police brutality in Seattle and Washington, as well as the reopening of all closed cases reported to the Office of Police Accountability. In particular, we demand that these cases, particular to Seattle and Washington, be reopened where no justice has been served. I have no idea what they're even asking for. You, you don't want the city to do that. You, you don't want the state government to do that. But you want the illegitimate, as you call them, illegitimate federal government to do that. You people don't make any sense. You you make no sense. Which, by the way, any of those things right there, that's justice. You have to call the FBI. Sorry. So you're on your own on that one. We demand reparations for victims of police brutality in a form to be determined. I can't see that one going wrong. Can you, Bruce? Uh Uh-uh. No. In what form? In what form? What are you going to ask for money? Money's going to be useless soon. What are you going to do then? 
We demand, I, I'm just going to, yeah, it's, it's all this stuff. It's everything that comes down. All these points is we demand. We demand that the city of Seattle make the names of officers involved in police brutality a matter of public record, which I, I think they kind of are anyway, right? Police reports are a matter of public record, especially if, it's a, if there's a case that goes criminal, right? Depends on the state, I think. Anonymity should not even be a privilege in public service. Uh, what's not privileged, you people? Uh, this is interesting. We demand a retrial of all people in color currently serving a prison sentence for violent crime by a jury of their peers in their community. Okay, so you don't like the system of justice. Is that what I'm taking away from this? Is, is that, is that kind of what we're doing here? Let me get this straight. You want all people that were convicted of violent crime released. Is that, is that essentially what, I mean, that, that's essentially what they want here. That's end game for them. So yeah, they want yeah. all people that have been convicted of a violent crime, robbery, rape, murder, homicide, you name it, right? All this stuff. They want those people to be given a retrial. Okay. Well, they have that right for a new trial if new evidence is found, right? If new discoveries mm-hmm. made, if new DNA evidence comes to light or something of that nature, or if a conviction has already been established, they have a right to appeal that conviction for a new trial. If there's new evidence to support the new trial, am I correct or am I not correct? No, you're correct. Okay. So your demand there is completely null and void because you have a right. Any civil rights lawyer would happily take that case of any of those uh, of any of those things right there. Any civil rights lawyer would happily do that. They would take a retrial on someone who was unjustly incarcerated. If someone's unjustly incarcerated, I agree. Get them out of jail. If there's evidence to support it, if there's evidence to the contrary from what was proved under the conviction, DNA evidence or what? I mean, every other week you hear about that, right? You hear about somebody, oh, mm-hmm. well, somebody got out of prison because, you know, they were wrongfully in prison, new DNA evidence. Okay, fine. I, I'm on board with that. That's terrible that we took years off that person's life because of a mistake or, or whatever it was, or it was circumstantial and they got a conviction on it, right? I get it. So you just want people out of prison. That's all there is to it. You just want to open the prison. What did I say about the left, the radical left? Prison reform to them, justice reform to them is opening the prisons, period, end of story. That's how it works. They want the prisons empty for the criminals because under their system, you and I are the criminals. We go into those facilities. That's how it works under these totalitarian systems, be it right or left. It doesn't matter. We demand decriminalization of the acts of protest. I didn't think protesting was a criminal act. Did you? I mean, it's guaranteed. So... Well, I think what they're referencing there is rioters. So, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Okay, all right, right. Okay, because we've relabeled a riot now. See, okay, all right. I'm just not thinking with yeah. the times. I appreciate. It. Okay, and amnesty for protesters generally. Okay, so if you loot, burn, and smash, then mm-hmm. you're given amnesty. Gotcha. Okay, but specifically those involved in what has been termed the George Floyd Rebellion. I haven't heard that term up until now. That's the first I've seen it against the terrorist cell. That previously occupied this area known as the Seattle Police Department. Don't you find it funny how they they flipped that around? The terrorist cell mm-hmm. that previously occupied that area that they're now occupying. They are the domestic terrorist insurrection. Mm-hmm. They are the terrorist cell, not the police. They ran the police out of there because the police, through no fault of their own, through liberal city council people and liberal supervisors and liberal mayors, have been the police have been deballed. And they're not allowed to do their jobs. I'm, you know, the cops out there, the average cop out there is a good person. They, they're just doing their job. They want to do their job, but they can't. This includes the immediate release of all the protesters currently being held in prison after the arrest made 
at the 11th and Pine on Sunday night. Okay, so they want their compatriots out of jail. All right, fine. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's that's what they want. They want their terrorist comrades out of jail. Now, I got you. We demand that the city of Seattle and the state government release any prisoner currently serving time for marijuana-related offenses <laughs> and expunged related convictions. Okay, look, we'll talk about marijuana. I'm six one half dozen the other on the on the marijuana argument because I see the medicinal side of it. I mean, I, I do. But at the same time, I don't see the recreational side of it. I, I'm sorry. But I mean, the libertarian side of me wants to say, you're free to make what choice you want. Here's where we're at with it. Society can't behave, can they? They can't behave. They can't be responsible, unfortunately. I, I'm sorry to say. You give Americans just the slightest bit of freedom on something, and we behave like, like adult children, don't we? Case in point, Mardi Gras. You give them the slightest little bit of freedom, you know, drinking in the streets. What do they do? Look at Mardi Gras. It's a mess. It's a nightmare. Honestly, to to your point about people can't really control themselves, if you will. Honestly, if you I see it as teenagers, right? Teenagers that have been sheltered, you know, and then they start reaching the teenage years and start trying to find their identity and so on and so forth. And they just kind of go ham and go crazy with stuff, right? Some do, some don't, obviously. I kind of feel like that's what's going on. They're going out and being stupid, right? And mm-hmm. they'll make stupid decisions. But then more or less, as time goes on, they'll wise up and, you know, everything will. So basically what I'm getting at, if, if you allow people to start self-governing, it's going to be pretty nuts at first, but it'll it'll taper out and things will will ease up. So uh-huh. that, that's kind of my opinion and feeling on it. As far as the marijuana, if you're in jail simply for possession of marijuana and nothing else, well, should you be in jail? I mean, maybe probation or a fine or something, community service, something like that. I, I feel like our jails are crowded uh, in some places. And yes, honestly, are. if that helps get people out of jail and, and back out, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm look, I'm, I'm not against if, if somebody wants to be a, a pothead, go for it. Have at it. Right. Um, that, okay. That's kind of my my take on it. We demand city of Seattle and state government release any prisoner currently serving time for resisting arrest. <laughs> if there are no other related charges, you, you resisted arrest. I'm sorry. Hello. You're behaving like an. Why were you being placed under arrest in the first place? You're behaving like a fool. So that that's well, that's the thing is if you were being arrested to begin with, that means you were breaking a law to begin exactly. with. Exactly. Exactly. So. So um, you're not yeah. in jail for resisting arrest alone. No, we demand that. Oh, yeah, this one right here. This has got Bernie Sanders name on it. We demand that prisoners currently serving time be given the full and unrestricted right to vote and for Washington state to pass legislation specifically breaking the federal law that prevents felons from being able to vote because you need someone to vote for your cause, don't you? Someone that allows them to vote, gives them back their right to vote. Well, they're going to support your cause, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. We demand an end to prosecutorial immunity for police officers in the time between now and the dissolution of the SPD and extant justice system. Okay, if a cop breaks the law, they don't get immunity from prosecution. The cops in Minneapolis. Go ahead. I think what they're meaning here is if if, for example, excessive force was used and they investigate it and find that it was warranted. The family uh-huh. can't go in and sue them. That that's basically what this is. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so after say they, like they get a, immunity to it. Okay. So essentially like a like an IAD investigation, internal affairs, right? So if they get cleared mm-hmm. by that, then you're not going to see a trial board and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. I got you. Right. Right. I think that's what this means. Okay, We demand an abolition of the imprisonment, generally speaking, but especially the abolition of both youth prisons and privately owned for profit prisons. The latter part of that, I will agree with you on privately owned for profit prisons. I will go with that. Yeah. 
I will go yeah. with that. There is no way, like, how in the hell that got established in the United States? I don't know. We should do something on that one at one point in time. But private for-profit prisons, they should be shut down today, not tomorrow, yeah. now. Because let me explain, let me explain, and believe me, I'm all for the, the state justice system as it is. Believe me. So I'm not saying abolish the prisons, certainly not. I stand by my uh, my principles on that. But these for-profit prisons, let me explain to you how these things operate. First of all, they don't fall under the state guidelines, as in they're not run by, say, like corrections officers, like actual state licensed COs, none of that. They have regulations they have to abide by. But you talk about prisoner safety. What you think about a prisoner, it doesn't really matter because when they're in custody like that, they still have to be kept safe. I mean, that's that's just the way it is. They still have to be treated in a humane manner. We have no cruel and unusual punishment for a reason. So they have to be treated with respect and dignity while they're in there as much as you don't like that. That's just the way that it is. You know, this is why anytime that I took someone into my custody under arrest or whatever, I always treated that person regardless of what they did. Right. It's nothing personal. It's just business. Regardless of what they did, I always treated them with respect and dignity. Always. Didn't matter what this, you know, even if it was a struggle in the midst of all of it, didn't matter. The fact was I still had enough empathy to treat that person with respect and dignity. And that's how it should be. But these for-profit prisons, they don't have that same sentiment in mind. How they operate is however many prisoners they have incarcerated in their facility. Well, then that determines the amount of stock prices that they have. So essentially what they've done is they've turned prisoners into commodities and they're traded on the stock market. You talk about slavery. You, you want to bring up you want to bring up injustice. Let's talk about that. So, yes, that part of that argument, I'm for. But they need to be transferred to actual state-run facilities, not just abolished and turned out onto the streets. So I'm for it, but I'm, I'm not for it in the mean, like, in, in, a, in a way. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. They want it because it would provide them with soldiers, if you will. Right, right. So, yeah, I'm not saying release them from custody. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, mm -hmm. is that mm -hmm. those institutions need to be shut down because of how I just mentioned they're run that way. So, right. Uh, anyway, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. We demand in replacement for the current criminal justice system, the creation and restorative transformative accountability programs as a replacement for imprisonment. OK, so what you're going to create social workers to uh, oversee when someone commits a crime? What, what's the crime going to be? You're going to have to establish an entire system of justice. What, how's that going to work? You're going to be judged by a, what a committee, you know, a, a committee of good woke liberals. Is that how it's going to work? I'm going to be judged. Gulags. That's essentially what it is. I'm going to be judged on what? How I speak that day? If I say something out of line? Is that how it's going to work? No. no. You sick people. We demand autonomy be given to the people that create localized anti-crime systems. Anti-crime systems? You people are a crime system. You are a crime system. Look at what you're doing. You took over part of a city. You muscled out the police. You've got armed guards walking around and muscling people out. You are a crime system. And you're going to create a localized anti-crime system? God. Let's just welcome uh, the mafia back. Uh, you, you know what? If we had the mafia, you wouldn't have this problem. Uh, as much as I hate to say <laughs> that. I'm saying if you had the mafia, you wouldn't have this problem. These people <laughs> yeah. would be cleaned up by dinner, okay? Yeah, they would be, yeah. If you had, if you had wise guys, just seriously, if you had wise guys down there running those mm -hmm. businesses, that, right, that nonsense is going on in, in downtown Seattle, that wouldn't be happening. I can assure you. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't need to, you wouldn't be having this talk of... Uh, you know, well, should we declare the Insurrection Act? That would be squashed by the by the neighborhood authorities before all that stuff would even take place. And you know what? And then they would be open for dinner. That's what it would be. We demand that the Seattle Police Department between now and the time of its abolition in the near future empty its lost and found 
and return property owned by denizens of the city. Uh, please, right, whatever. What? So you want you want your drugs back out of evidence? Is that what you want? You want your meth pipes back? Is that how it is? That's basically what I interpret. Yeah, they, they want as, their meth yeah. pipes back out of evidence. Yeah, okay. We demand justice for those who have been sexually harassed or abused by the Seattle Police Department or prison guards in the state of Washington. Okay. Uh, all right. I, I'll agree with that. If, if you got a sexual harassment charge and you can prove it, bring it. Bring it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fair enough. We demand that between now and the abolition of the SPD, that each and every SPD officer turn on their body cameras and that the body camera video of all Seattle police should be a matter of easily accessible public record. No. I mean, there are some. I, I'll just say this. There are some things that you do. And I'm not talking about things that are against protocol or anything like that. But there are some things that happen during an arrest. And as a matter of taking someone into custody, be it private information or specific conditions that cannot be made public. This is why we have sealed court records in certain cases when it comes to identities and it comes to information. So no, in that case, you, you cannot do that. Sorry, that, that's just, that's non-negotiable. You can't do that. Not only that, but it's also a, a re- let's say you're going for a crime ring or something, right? And you arrest someone. If that's public record, then you're going to have these crime syndicates see this. And because, you know, full well, they're going to keep track of it. And oh, if yeah. they're watching, you know, well, this person squealed on us put a hit on them or something, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's it's only going to empower the criminals. We demand that funding previously used in Seattle police be redirected into this is where it gets good. A Uh socialized health and medicine for the city of Seattle. You have Medicaid. You have Medicare. (laughs) B. Yeah. yeah, Obamacare. B. Free public housing because housing is a right, not a privilege. Show me where it says that. Please show me where it says that. That is a construct of the Marxist revolution. Housing Mm -hmm. is a right. It's not a privilege. It's a right. What Gavin Newsom say? Doctors should be able to write prescriptions for housing the same way they do antibiotics. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah. C, public education to decrease the average class size in city schools and increase teacher salary. Can't say I disagree with the teacher salary part of it because some cases they don't get paid enough. I can assure you. You know, I know a lot of teachers and um, they really don't get paid enough. I, I could agree with both of those, actually, because decreasing yeah. the, the class size. So yeah, you, you get by more having attention. more teachers. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm not against that. Honestly, this this is for another podcast, but the education system, like totally. Well, we went over that, didn't we? We've already talked about education system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think the education system needs a reformation anyway. Like I, a I, real I think it's reformation, pretty a real poor. reformation. Yeah, a real one. Yeah. Yeah, because there's too many methods out there because some students do very poorly with certain types of teaching and other students do uh, really good with current types. So you, you just you need to find the individual, the individual's needs and and accommodate that. D, naturalization services for immigrants to the United States living here undocumented. We demand they be called undocumented because no person is illegal. Well, yes, you are if you're in the country illegally. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, don't sit there and lecture me. Yeah, don't sit there and lecture me about, oh, well, you don't know what it's like. I live in a foreign country. OK, mm-hmm. I've gone through the process. I mean, I'm a U.S. citizen, but I've gone through the process of being legal. I have a visa. I have a residency. You know, I, I have a I have a permit to work. I've gone through that. OK, so don't sit there and lecture me and tell me about, oh, well, you don't know anything about it. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I assure you, it's a headache. It is a headache. So naturalization services for immigrants. Let's take the first part of that statement. Naturalization services for immigrants to the United States living here undocumented. I agree Mm -hmm. that we do need to address that. But we already have 
the system in place to do that. You know, the United States, we made it really easy for people to go to. We were one of the easiest countries in the world for people to immigrate to. Why do you think so many people went there? Mm -hmm. We were one of the easiest countries to be able to go to. We did it that way on purpose. The problem that has developed is a few things. One, they've made the system over time so complicated that it becomes difficult and there's a backlog, which the left's solution to that is just legalize everyone. Uh, and don't don't give me the garbage about, oh, well, uh, let's let's legalize 11 million illegals. They've been saying 11 million illegals since 1995. OK, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Th- don't give me the garbage. There's only 11 million illegals. Come on. You know, a, I got a bridge in Arizona. I'm ready to sell you if that's the case. This thing here where it says naturalization services for immigrants. We have it. It's not like they don't have an opportunity to become a citizen. People become citizens yeah. of the United States every day, every day. So show me where it says that. Someone who's undocumented doesn't have that right. Show me where it says that. The fact is, is that they're just trying to skate around it and say, well, you just need to legalize everybody and that'll fix it. You don't. I mean, you, do you want me to bring someone on here that, that immigrated to the United States? We got somebody. I got a good friend of mine, Alex. You've heard him on here before. He's from originally from Taiwan. He went through the process. His family worked hard for their citizenships. My family worked hard for their citizenships when they came over from Europe. They worked hard for it. They learned the ways. That's the underlying key there is they they don't want people to learn about the traditions of America because you have to learn that to become a citizen. You respect what you're becoming a citizen of. You learn to leave all of that behind what you came from because you're coming to a new place where you can be and do anything you want if you put your mind and your heart and your soul in it. To round off my point, they just don't want people to have any of that connection. That That's what it all boils down yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to be a little facetious, I'm for uh, giving illegal immigrants legalized status if they've been here for at least a decade and haven't committed any crimes. Now, the reason I say I'm being facetious, the very act of being here illegally is a crime. I'll tell you what I'd be more inclined to to do if we're going to go down that road with it. I'll tell you what I'd be more inclined to agree with. If someone, which uh, this becomes a side issue because it's kind of a, it's kind of dead argument already just off face of it, because if someone has been in the United States for a certain period of time, let's say 10, 15, 20 years, whatever. I mean, you can be a citizen of your respective nation, but live in a foreign country and never become a citizen. Hence what I'm doing at the moment. So Mm -hmm. if you're working and you're paying taxes and you're a law abiding citizen, we've got millions of them over there doing that. They can go and get citizenship anytime they want, but they don't. That's their choice. They're not here illegally, though. No, they're not. If they're here working and paying taxes and what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't have any problem with that. But that's exactly what my point was, is if you're here illegally, undocumented, that means you're breaking the law. That means no citizenship for you. Bye-bye. Back to your country. That's how I feel on it. All right. So let's get to the economic demands because, you know, they know so much about economics and they know so much about monetary systems and all that stuff. Let's get into it. We also have economic demands that must be addressed. Number one, we demand the degentrification of Seattle, starting with rent control. Go to New York. Yeah, You're on the wrong side of the country. Sorry. We demand the restoration of city funding for arts and culture to reestablish the once rich local cultural identity of Seattle. The National Endowment for the Arts gets millions and millions of dollars every year, right? So, yeah, I think you need to look at why they took the city funding away, right? Look, look at where they put it. I guarantee you, if you start digging, if you start digging, this is just my opinion. I, I don't have any factual information to back this up with. Maybe I can go and start digging and find it out. But I'll bet you if they took money away, if they took city money away 
for funding of arts and culture to to reestablish the once rich local cause. I guarantee you they probably put it towards homeless expenses, if I had to guess. Mm hmm. I would I would venture to say that's probably where it went. But this idea that we're taking city funds, essentially government money, and we're giving it to arts and culture like we do with uh, the National Endowment for the Arts. This is my stance on it. If you are a, quote, artist and you create things and you're being given government money, taxpayer money, stolen taxpayer money to create that so-called art, you're not an artist. You're a propagandist. Mm -hmm. So. If you're going to be giving city funding for all for arts and culture, well, you're calling for an abolition to the entire system of Seattle. So what's that money that you're going to steal? What kind of propaganda is that going to be used for? What kind of art is that going to be used for? Because mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, if you go to a socialist country, I can assure you the propaganda there is tailored one way, one way only. Annually, they're given a budget of one hundred and fifty three million. And just, uh, you know, kind of a side note, LBJ was the one that enacted this. OK. All right. Great society. Yeah. All right. All mm -hmm. starting to make sense mm -hmm. now. We demand free college for the people of the state of Washington due to the overwhelming effect that education has on economic success. I wouldn't disagree with that because when you go into an educational institution such as a college, for example, you're too stupid to understand that the future has been sold out. So I'll agree with that. It has a it has an overwhelming effect on economic success. That's true because you don't know how to operate in the system. You don't know how to, to understand you don't know how to comprehend what's been done. There's a bigger problem here and the correlated overwhelming impact of poverty on people of color. Hence the Great Society. I'll reference you to the Great Society. You want to understand what happened in that community. They destroyed the opportunity for people of that demographic to be able to create and preserve intergenerational wealth. I'll go that way with it. So I will refer you to the creation of the Great Society. I don't hear you denouncing that as, a, as some big injustice, because that's what I would call an injustice, is that. As a form of reparations for the current treatment of black people in the state and in this country. Again, I'll refer you to the Great Society. We demand that between now and the abolition of the SPD, that Seattle police be prohibited from performing homeless sweeps that displace and disturb our homeless neighbors. And on equal footing, we demand... An end to all evictions. Okay, so you want to nationalize housing. Okay, like I said, that's a you say housing's a right. Again, construct of the Marxist revolution. Mm -hmm. It's not compatible with Western civilization. Sorry, it's not. Homeless sweeps. From what we started with, they stole all your food. <laughs> and right. now you're begging for vegan meals and soy. So which one do you want? Do you want homeless sweeps or do you want your food stolen? Take your pick. Idiots. We demand a decentralized election process to give citizens of Seattle a greater ability to select candidates. OK, all right. So they want an end to the electoral system. They want a majority rule. They want mob rule. That's what it is. And they want they want felons to be able to vote. And that's that that's what they're calling for there. We demand that we're on to uh, health and human services. We demand the hospitals and care facilities of Seattle employ black doctors and nurses specifically to help care for black patients. Last I checked, Last I checked, and I could be wrong. Last I checked, the creed of any healthcare provider was do no harm. I, I believe mm. that's what it was. Uh, and mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. to think that people are being mistreated, I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, though the cases are there. It's certainly rare. But you're going to employ doctors based on color. Is that, is that what they're wanting here? Yeah, they want uh, doctors, uh, people of color, if you will, POCs, to uh -huh. specifically doctors, to treat other POCs. So they want segregation. Uh, they the want segregation. Field. That's that's what they want. They, yes. they want segregation. Yes. We demand the people of Seattle seek out and proudly support black owned businesses. Your money 
is our power and sustainability. I don't agree with the last part of it, but because you'll steal all the money, you'll extort the business because that's who you people are. You're thugs. I agree with the first part of that. If it's a business uh, that... What? No? Uh, well, here's my problem with it. If you're going to a business and you're, you're doing business with that company location specifically mm-hmm. because it's black owned. Uh, okay. If you, but all right, uh, I guess I should kind of racist. Uh, no, okay. All right. I, I guess I should have been a little bit more clear if it's, but I don't care who owns the business. Okay. I don't care. Right. It, it, it doesn't matter right. to me. If you provide a product or a service that's of the quality and the type that I'm looking for, I'll throw my money at you. Okay. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't care who owns it. I, I don't care who owns it. I've, yeah. I've visited businesses all across the, all across the damn world. Right. And I don't care. Who owns it? I, I've never cared. I don't care. Do you have what I'm looking for? Is it of the quality I'm looking for? Do you have good service? That's what I'm looking for. That's all. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what language you speak. Just as free long market. as we have a. That's what we believe in. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's as long as we have a free market. I'm good. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. How about we agree on that? Oh no, we don't. We can't have a free market. No, 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 no. That's a capitalist endeavor. No, we can't do that. We demand that the city create an entirely separate system staffed by mental health experts to respond to 911 calls pertaining to mental health crisis. You idiots have closed the, your, the people with your type of ideology, the ones that associate with you, the ones that support you in your endeavors, have closed the mental institutions. You've closed the mental institutions over the last three decades. And now all of a sudden you care about the mental health of people? Good lucks. <laughs> Just send them to the Google. That'll, that'll solve all the problems. Finally, let us now address our demands regarding the education system in the city of Seattle and the state of Washington. We demand that the history of black and Native Americans be given a significantly greater focus in the Washington state education curriculum. I I know where they're going with this because it, it, it doesn't matter with this. It doesn't matter which way you go with it. They're going to hit you with racism with it. That's what they're doing. Because if you say, well, wait a minute, we already do this. Well, you don't do it to the way that it needs to be done, right? That's essentially what they're saying. You don't do it the mm-hmm. way it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. It needs to be done the way we tell you how it's mm-hmm. how it needs to be put out. See, they're already distorting history. They're erasing history. They're tearing it down as we speak. And they're asserting their view of history. Case in point, this garbage with the 1619 nonsense, mm-hmm. that's not history. That's conjured up nonsense. This idea of, you know, everybody's oppressed in, in the U.S. now, that, that's conjured up nonsense. This privilege, again, conjured up nonsense. They want the history, no matter who it is, whether it's black or Native American, doesn't matter. They want the history to be told the way they tell you, by their standards of made up stuff. They don't want it connected to anything real. They don't want it anything. They don't want it to be connected to anything based in reality or historical provable fact. You see what happens to people that come out publicly, the ones that are in prominent positions, they come out and they state the historical fact and say, no, that, that's not how it is. That, that's not how things are right now. What are you people doing? You see what happens to them. They fall into that cancel culture, don't they? Yeah, that, see, that's what thing, that this about. is. This is what confuses me on this. I remember in school when we talked about history and, and we did cover Native Americans. We did cover the, the blacks. Mm-hmm. The catch was with history, you usually target the important moments or important people in those time periods. So yes. we targeted the important ones of the time periods. It's not we don't I, honestly, I don't really care what Joe Schmo did back in the day. You know, if you didn't have an effect on history, there was no foundational principles that that show you what America's based on or or any then I don't really care. You know, that's his life. He lives it. 
he lived it that you know whatever i don't know it, it just I, I guess maybe maybe i'm just racist and i don't you know check your privilege. white privilege and check your privilege you know. we demand that thorough anti-bias training become a legal requirement for all jobs in the education system as well as the medical profession and in mass media okay so you want conformists that's what you want you want people that don't have an opinion of their own that that's what you want right that's what they're calling for. You want someone that will teach the line and espouse the line that you give them here again. It's not don't think for yourself. No, 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 no. You think what we tell you to think. You put this line out because this is what the agenda is. Case in point, CNN, MSNBC. They carry the agenda, don't they? They carry the ball mm -hmm. regardless of it's based in fact or not. They don't care. They don't care. We demand final demand, by the way, we demand the city of Seattle and the state of Washington remove any and all monuments dedicated to historical figures of the Confederacy whose treasonous, you got a lot of nerve, you got a lot of nerve, whose treasonous attempts to build an America with slavery as a permanent fixture were an affront to the human race. What did I say yesterday and the day before that? Regardless of whether you agree with whatever historical figure, it doesn't matter. Regardless of whether you agree with it or you disagree with it, the fact is that it was a terrible time in our country's history. It was a terrible time, but we have to know it. We have to understand it. We have to learn it because if we don't and we allow it to be destroyed and scum like this get in positions where they're making these types of treasonous demands, I'll just put it that way, then they'll dictate what history was. And again, they'll put it as this distorted view. We have to know based in actual historical fact, not distorted historical fact, actual historical fact. We have to know the worst of what we've done so we don't do it again. That has to be taught. That has to be learned. That has to be known, not dictated by a bunch of sick ideologues. We can't we can't go off a system like that. So yes, I agree that you've got uh, treasonous attempts to build an America with slavery as a permanent fixture. Okay, fine. Because, you know, the, I don't have to tell you what the South did, but to remove them. We're not paying tribute to say, hey, we support this. We're paying tribute to say, this is what we did in the past, and we don't need to go there again. We're not glorifying these people. But again, like I said, we can't let these nihilistic degenerates ruin our history. And they're doing it right in front of us. So the Insurrection Act, after all these demands, if this doesn't signify the invocation of the Insurrection Act, I don't know what does. I don't, I don't know what does. Because if they're calling for all this and they have armed people that have taken over a city precinct, which we didn't even get to Chicago today. We'll get to that tomorrow. We'll talk about that tomorrow. And you've got collaborators, the likes of which of the state governor and the city mayor. Are we enacting the Insurrection Act on the right people? If you're so much of a snowflake that you're offended by a statue, then might I suggest you not visit the statue? Pretty simple. It's a fair point you make there. I mean, you know, if I don't want to listen to a certain show, I turn it off. If I don't want to watch TV, I turn it off. If I don't want to read a book, guess yeah. what? I don't read that book. I don't have that book burned, which is what they're doing. By the way, that's coming next. They're going to burn the books you watch. That's coming next. Oh, no. We, we already have the digital equivalent. Like, uh, for example, we, we talked about uh, Gone with the Wind. Is HBO removed it? Oh, yeah. And yeah, said yeah. it. Oh, no. They, they will torch. They, no, I, I mean, yes, I agree with you. But no, what I mean is in the literal sense, they will torch libraries. You watch. They will. Because that's just how sick these people are. That's, that's how sick these people are. Insurrection Act. Insurrection Act has to happen. And not just to the people that have taken over the city precincts. Thanks for your time today, Bruce. 
please, if you haven't already, please do give us a follow on Parlor. If you're on the platform, uh, you can follow me at janderson3. You can follow Marty also on Parlor at Marty Foster. We would really appreciate that you take the time to sit down, give us some feedback. Well, I guess I can't say tweet, can I? Because that's not what they call it there. Parlay to us. Uh, send us some comments. Send us your feedback. You know, whatever it might be. Thanks for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.